Grant, 15, 10, 5. He's in there. Touchdown, Anthony Grant with an electrifying move at the line of scrimmage. Scoots to the outside and dashes it down the sideline. From 10-11 now. And the 10-11 studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. We need more work on X's and O's and, and stuff on the field. Um, you know, particularly on offense where there's there's new stuff. We didn't show any of it today, but new stuff we're doing that uh, kids just need more reps at, and we need to be a little uh, a little tighter with everything we're doing. This is the End Report Podcast. Uh, and I just want to get off the field healthy, uh, and I think we did that too. Welcome on in to the End Report Podcast. You know, here... On the 10-11 Digital Desk, we only talk about Nebraska. This is an N-Report podcast, so that's why I want to lead with this, Kevin. Will the Cubs win the 2022 World Series? No. First place, 2-1, and one, series win over the Brew They crew. were 3-0. and oh, Maybe I'd say no. They were very close to being 3-0. and oh. They were. They were. We got a couple Spoiled of Cubs Marcus fans up here, so. You know, the funny thing about a newsroom is, really, it is people from across the country mm-hmm. That, that come here to Lincoln. Uh, you're from Illinois. I'm one of the rare people that, that's born and raised here. Uh, Madison Pitch is from Missouri. Nicole Griffith is from South Dakota. Eddie Messel is from Florida. Brian Chavers from Indiana. You get the All picture. Um, but literally like half the people in this newsroom are Cubs fans. I believe even one of our interns this semester is a <laughs> Cubs fan. And this is completely by coincidence. It, I feel like it, it kind of goes in waves. We had a stretch there where I felt like half the newsroom were like Wisconsin athletic fans. They had connections to the University of Wisconsin, and there, there's a number of Packers fans that have been in our newsroom. Brewers fans. Yeah. But right now there's Former a... Former co Bridget Fargin, big-time yeah. Wisconsin, Green Bay Brewers fan. You know, I thought about Bridget just a few days ago. You know why, Bill, is because opening day – Major League Baseball opening day. And you're smiling because you know the story here. Uh, just a quick story. I always had to work. <laughs> yeah, because she did not. <laughs> smart, smart play by Bridget. Always she would take day opening out. day off yeah. so she could be at home and watch baseball. It's genius. Not a bad day to take off. And you also had opening day off, which also happened to be the opening round of the Masters. I learned from Bridget. No, not actually. There, my kids had a function that day, so that's the reason that I took the day off. And then I realized after the fact, like, oh, this was really smart. The Masters started, and Tiger was in the field, and also it was Major League Baseball opening day. Turned out to be a nice Thursday. So the Cubs aren't going to win the twenty. My, you're dashing my hopes here. Uh, well, I'm a Cubs fan. That's <laughs> what Cubs fans do. It's 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 been uh, six years and then 108 before the last one, so maybe I'm getting greedy. Yeah, you gotta wait another century. All right, let's talk about Nebraska football. Uh, 50,000 plus at Memorial Stadium on Saturday, uh, a little bit above what they had said for tickets sold earlier last week. Let's just talk about atmosphere. What did you think? It's fine. It was fine. You know, it was a beautiful day. You know what day. happens if my wife asked me. How do I look tonight? And I'd say, you look fine. That's not good. That's not a good enough <laughs> answer. So I didn't give you a good enough answer. My apologies. <laughs> um, man, Bill, holy moly. We're going to have to walk some fine line here, and you'll, you'll understand here in a few minutes. The atmosphere, it, it was okay. It, it, 
It was a spring game. It was kind of from an atmosphere standpoint what you 50, thought. 50,000 plus seemed accurate. Yeah, it, it was about 50,000 plus driving up to the stadium. Um, the spring game is always different. It's exciting because you get to go into Memorial Stadium four months after the season, five months after the season concluded. Uh, so that's cool. There's not a whole lot of tailgating that happens with the spring game. Downtown has activity, but it's not like fall crazy Saturday activity. Uh, so it's it's like just a small, it's Maybe the like Friday night Big Ten basketball home game activity. Yeah, it's just, but good thing the weather was nice. The weather was turned out to be really nice on Saturday, nicer than I think a lot of people uh I watched it on BTN. How windy was it? It was pretty windy. It looks like quarterbacks were trying to really dart it in there just to beat the wind. It was pretty windy. Um, I felt like the wind kind of picked up as the game went along, which was kind of interesting. Uh, But, yeah, there were – I think the fans had a good time. A lot of families, you know, one of the big pushes with the spring game is, you know, there are cheaper tickets available for the spring game. There are more tickets available. So families that sometimes don't have the opportunity to attend games in the fall, this is a a chance for them to get to the game. And one other thing that's really neat about the spring game is the interaction with the players. It is much greater from a fan experience than in the fall. You just see guys that, hang around the field a little bit longer. They're more willing to sign autographs and just mingle. Uh, So that is cool. You know, I even have a story of uh, my kids that went to a spring game and uh, they went with friends and they came back and all of a sudden the next day they're showing me a towel that one of the player had. Uh, They, I think both my boys had receiver gloves that they they got uh, to bring home and one got a hat. So forget the autograph, they don't want the autographs. They, they want the stuff, and they still have them. Uh, so that is just part of the spring game experience is that you get to have some shoulder-to-shoulder interaction with some of the players. The environment during the game, though, it wasn't like the intensity of a normal Nebraska football game. Uh, it's just so much more leisurely and casual. And I would add in this year a little bit more confused because of the scoring system that was employed for the defense. You had to find a way for them to get points. Uh, defense but it, was kicking butt. They did well. Um, the flip side of that, the offense didn't do so well. You know what I mean? So that's where it's hard to truly understand what exactly uh, happened on Saturday and what you want to glean from it. Uh, but I like how you led with the environment question because that's, <laughs> that's the, that's the easy one. Let's start with a positive, Kevin. Come there on were 54,000-plus on a beautiful day, and if you saw anybody at church or eating uh, lunch the next day that had a little bit of a red face because they were at the spring game, it got, it got kind of toasty a little bit, but the sun was so bright. I think there were some windburned slash sunburned people uh, I, w- I would raise my hand in that category as I well. I would raise my hand. Only I got it from the baseball game, which was, uh, well, we can get to that. But it was, it was a bright day, and uh, it felt like spring, so that was good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, April uh, 9th in Lincoln, Nebraska, really it could be it could be anything. It could have been zero. It could have been snowing. It could have been raining. It could have been 80, and we got mid-60s with a little bit of wind, so uh, you have to take that. Uh, let's get to what, Co- what Coach Frost had to say, uh, his reactions to the spring game. Uh, if you watched it, really not all that surprising. It was a little ugly um, offensively in the first half. That being said, you know, it, it's hard to tell where the, some of those runs go when you're blowing it dead. Uh, we were being dreadfully simple and running inside zone, and 
between the tackles and then you get tagged off and they blow it down and I wouldn't want to have been an official and decide where to spot a lot of those but uh, it's hard to get a, a real read from that. I've seen improvement from Garrett, improvement from Caleb, uh, Jamari uh, and Blaze. Um, those guys have really taken a giant leap forward in my opinion. Um, we had trouble blocking them today and hopefully that's a sign that uh, they're playing good football uh, as opposed to we didn't protect well enough. We're going to look to add pieces if the right ones are available at whatever positions a good player comes available. There's certainly some that we think we could use another body and we'll uh, pay more attention to those positions. The run game, it was hard to tell in the first half again because with Thud it's just hard to tell. In the second half, uh, you know, that's as much push as I've seen and downhill running um, and that's what I've been seeing all spring. Um, I think the the way the offensive line's playing and the way the running backs are running are going to make us more efficient in the run game. You know, one thing that's really neat is we got more kids that love football and want to be out there than we've had, and that goes a long way. Uh, kids that want to practice hard and be around it all the time and come in and get extra work, uh, be on the field for a scrimmage, um, just way more kids that, that that's, that's their passion. And uh, when you're passionate about something, usually you're better at it. You know what I didn't hear from Scott Frost? That was our best spring game ever. Come on now, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, I like how, it, for those of you that are watching this, it's the graphic at the bottom says Nebraska played a spring, and then you have the quotes around game. Um, it's hard to call. It's when you're – listen, I totally understand – where the coaching staff and the program is coming from. A, you got a brand new offense, you don't want to show anything. Uh, I think he said seven or eight of his top 20 guys are injured. You don't want to have any more injuries. What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to play you're a, do what they did. You're going to play the gonna play quotes, quotes game, game, the red-white yeah. scrimmage. And that's where I said about four minutes ago, Bill, that we, we got to find this balance line here of, you know, still say that it was fun to be inside Memorial Stadium, but if we were keeping it pretty real for the football lovers that wanted to watch football, you probably walked away from Memorial Stadium a little bit disappointed. I think it maybe fell flat from a football sense, even while knowing that Nebraska was not going to show much of the offense. Casey Thompson attempted four passes, Bill. A lot of people... Was that two, three series? Uh, he, the first quarter only. And, you know, some of those drives were pretty quick. So his total uh, stat line passing-wise was 3 of 4 for 31 yards. His longest pass was 11 yards. So the guy that everybody wanted to watch during the red-white scrimmage, I understand keeping it vanilla, dumbing it down, being simple from an injury standpoint. But the guy everybody wanted to watch and the people that paid money to go inside Memorial Stadium, all that he did was hand the ball off, Talk in the huddle, get a few snaps, and the furthest he threw it downfield was 11 yards. And we've heard this offseason about how he has such a strong arm. So not even for show was there one big long pass. It, the, the spring game has become this, I don't know, maybe I'm going to step a little bit too far out of bounds here. It's almost become a lose-lose. From a football team standpoint, you're doing it but you're not getting a whole lot out of it. The only thing you're really getting out of it is getting on the field and appeasing the fans. But you're not really getting much out of it from a football sense. This is a practice. 
It's right. the 15th of 15 practices. And then the other side of the lose-lose equation is for the fans. You go, you're excited, you want to watch football, but you're not really going to get to see much football. And I jokingly, yet not really jokingly said, after Saturday, I had a great time covering the Nebraska Shrine Bowl. At the end of the game, Ty Han, Jarrett Sinek, Ernest Hausman, Grant Taggy, the names that were being called on the PA system that were making some of the biggest plays in the game, they're all Nebraska guys. It was like a two years after the fact high school all-star game, which is fine. And I'm not trying to, to diminish the accomplishments of any of those players, all good players. And we're so happy that they're still in state and a part of this program. But if you're going to the spring game, even for a little bit of show, I think fans want to see Trey Palmer do a little something. Casey Thompson do a little something. And you can continue itemizing some of the guys and some of the position groups that you maybe wanted to see a little bit more of. Here's what Casey Thompson had to say after the game. Cool to see uh, the stadium full of people and, you know, the, the turf underneath my feet and kind of just look around and feel like it was a, a real game. But it also was uh, a good day for, for me and for all of us to uh, get used to being able to lock in and have layers of like focus. And honestly, when you step out on there, step, step out on the field and, and the game starts, you don't really kind of tune out the rest of the noise. He has a point there. I think it is good for players to put them, because some argue, well, really, is Nebraska only getting 14 practices and they basically give up their 15th just to put on a show for the fans. I would argue that because Nebraska's fan base is so loyal and because you get 50, 60, 70, sometimes 80,000 people in a spring game, you at least create pressure on players to perform and you at least put that into the yeah. into the mix versus you know what they're doing at the training center what they're doing in front of nobody I'm going to disagree with you a little bit Bill uh, are they putting pressure for these players to perform yes but the players they probably want to evaluate the most it's no because they're not even going live and tackling to the ground you know Let's see the one, but they're not going to do this. That's, that's where I say this is lose-lose. Let's see the first-string defensive line go against the first-string offensive line in a full-contact setting. Maybe that is something that would happen in a 15th practice with nobody around. Maybe they would have a let's-go scrimmage and give it everything we've got, and we're going to run our offense. That would maybe be more beneficial from the team's perspective, but nobody's going to be there for that. If they are going to let fans in, they're not going to do it. And that's where it's really kind of... But would they do it if they're trying to avoid injury? I think so. I think they may. I think that Mark, especially when you're implementing a new offense, maybe one more practice yeah. to go through uh, the timing of some of the passing plays and to completely understand a concept or maybe get a little bit further in the teaching of the offense and the scheme and the approach uh, it's, it's really tricky, and, and we don't mean to bag on the spring game. It, it is great for fans to go there. I think I'm just more curious for the families that went and wanted to see some football, or just families in general that, that paid their hard-earned money to go inside Memorial Stadium. Were they okay and satisfied with just seeing the teams, eating the Valentinos out of the box, releasing the balloons, and going home? Because from a football perspective, I think that, that portion of it was maybe not met. Maybe that's just me. I could be completely wrong on this. 
maybe people don't even care so much to see the football element of the spring game. Well, and I think people care, but I also, I mean, I also think, I mean, listen, I just looked this up, Kevin. It's been 136 games or 136 days since the Iowa game. It, uh, it's 138 days until Nebraska plays Northwestern in Ireland. That means tomorrow, tomorrow, Tuesday, April 12th, will be 137 and 137. It is the official wow. halfway point of the offseason. What do I mean by that? I mean, sometimes Husker fans are just so dang loyal, they're just craving anything. And their satis satisfied meter, their meter of satisfaction, isn't all that high. And a Valentino's pizza... So they just want to do, do something with the kids for three or four hours on a Saturday, and the atmosphere is all that they're asking. So for. you're you're saying that they just want to do it. They just want to have a little taste of that just Saturday routine. Yeah, just put a, on the Husker. Uh, and hoodie. I think there are a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people that are like that. Whether or not they get anything football-wise out of the spring game, they're okay with it. On the other hand, I would argue, could you rebrand it? A little bit could you only do two quarters of football with the third and fourth strings of full contact because I enjoyed that I enjoyed the, the Nebraska Shrine Bowl in the spring because you, you get to see these people that you've covered and followed for the last four or five years oh, I Husker audibly Red. reacted to Ty Hans touchdown catch you know, Ty was a great player at Johnson Brock, and we know he's been putting in a lot of work on the scout team and trying to work his way up the depth chart and there he got a moment on the field that was great and then do you do Instead of a first half, do you do, you know, do you do 40-yard competitions? Do you do the, the goalpost throwing competitions? Do you, you just do skills challenges? Me, as a football fan, might be a lot more interested in almost a combine-like atmosphere for your ones and twos and then full-fledged hitting for threes and fours rather than going two-hand touch or, as Frost called it, thud. You can debate that there was much thud at all. It, like, j that, that game didn't quite fit the style of Jock Yant. Could you imagine his frustration? Yeah, I think he would have had a few more yards. Yeah, if, uh... he, he wants to run guys over. And if he gets touched on the hip, it's the play's over. And, again, the reason for that is because you want to keep everybody healthy. And they're just kind of going through the, the plays on air. Um, I even think Anthony Grant, that was the big play, the longest play of, of the game the day a 60-yard run by Anthony. most controversial also he was touched in the backfield and the guy that touched him it might have been Simon Odie he I think he even looked at the official like what blow it dead I touched him he's he's down I can't tackle him so blow yeah him but dead. white was up 11 or 13 points at that time and red needed a score sure we wanted Gotta to keep it close we wanted to captivate well, also, the audience watching he was football. he was touched but what you saw there was shiftiness in the yeah. backfield. You saw somebody who can cut on a dime, find a hole, and then beat the corner on the outside. You can still, still, I mean, you can take away a little bit from that play. Absolutely you can. One but, of the few plays I think you can take something. But, but again, you know, the, the overall, I guess, gist of what we're trying to say is that from, from a football sense of, like, sometimes a spring game is a show, Right. I still think you can put on a show without putting guys at risk of injury and without giving away your offense, but they didn't do it. It was just really, 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 really vanilla. Well, and, and I was this expecting... Year's, but uh, this year's probably... I mean, this year is... Not probably. This year is obviously different because you're implementing an entirely new offense, and you want to show 
zero of it, which Scott which Frost they did. said. We showed zero. We yeah. did inside run, short passes, all game. And everybody knows that. Nobody blames them for it. Even opposing teams know that's exactly what they would do uh, as well. But, you know, uh, a deep ball is a deep ball. You can still run it, and it's in every offense. You know, having a guy run down the sideline and throwing the ball 50 yards downfield. So you just want to see 10 Hail Marys? Why not? Might be a little bit more exciting than watching guys get slapped on the rear end two yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's what Saturday became. And I did share with a few colleagues of mine on Saturday, that was maybe the most bored I've been at a spring game in my time of covering Nebraska. But we did glean a little bit of information. I asked you three things that Kevin knows, three things Kevin figured yeah. out via the spring game. That's giving me a lot of credit. Maybe I don't think I know anything. Maybe it was a struggle to come up with three, but here's what we have. Things that Kevin knows. Quarterback. This is the most obvious one. Casey Thompson is the clear number one, the junior transfer from Texas. Yeah, he's the guy, right? I will say I was a little bit impressed with a little bit. I was impressed with Chubba Purdy. I think he throws a nice ball. And plus, I think the evaluation Didn't have I a whole had, lot of experience either. Only no. A few spring practices. Right. He got a little bit of a delayed start to the spring season. The other thing that I utilized to evaluate some of uh, the team was during the pregame warm-ups, Bill. We got to watch them just throw routes to their guys with no defense out. And just seeing the command of the huddle, seeing where players gravitated toward throughout the spring game uh, – you know, Casey Thompson's a bit of a magnet. Like, he had guys around him all the time, and he was the first guy out there, looked extremely confident, and just, uh, also, you can take this away from it. Who was one of the guys who came to the podium uh, to talk after the game? Casey Thompson. Who did the in-game interview during the BTN broadcast? Casey Thompson. Who was the guy standing next to Scott Frost when they opened the gates for the tunnel walk? Casey Thompson. All signs point toward Casey Thompson being Nebraska's starting quarterback for the 2022 season. I'm a little curious about what you mean around this one. You sent me a text, quote, the energy around the Husker program is greater than the pressure the coaches are under. Correct. So the energy around the program is based on what's the vibe inside Memorial Stadium. We've heard Garrett Nelson say on Saturday that this is the closest team he's been around. Scott Frost says that these are a bunch of guys that love football. You truly feel when you're around this team that there is some uh, just a newness about them. There's a, a fresh spirit about this group, and you can feel a little bit of the in energy. And I feel like there is more of that present than this is year five for Scott Frost, and it's kind of a make-or-break deal for him. And there is pressure under these coaches to have the win total increase. It's an interesting balance. If you put both of them on the scale, like which is greater, you would almost presume that, you know, year five and the last couple of years have been tough to watch. There's been waning interest in the program. The attendance has sagged. He's 15 and 29. You would, thank you. Like, you would think that the pressure would be so great that it's a pretty stuffy feeling around the stadium. I don't sense that. I sense that because of the changes and because of some of the leaders on the team, that the energy is a little bit higher than the pressure that the coaches are under. Does that make sense now? It makes sense on April 11th. Let's see uh, August 27th what that pressure feels like right before kickoff. And even before spring football began, when there was a, an opportunity for us to chat with all of the coaches and then Scott Frost did his pre-spring football press conference, 
I noticed it then. I was like, man, this doesn't seem like a head coach that has a lot riding on this season. And it kind of carried all throughout the spring. And I, I was shocked by that. And that's the reason behind we talk, it. We talked about that, that. There just seems to be, oddly enough, a weight lifted off of his shoulders a little bit. More relaxed at the podium. Smiling a little bit more yeah. during press conferences. Um, the last one, uh, kind of obvious. We've talked about it already. Thud is not an exciting way to watch a game or a practice, for that matter. I was very shocked that they did not do something in between quarters or in between series where, I don't know, have the offensive linemen try to catch punts or, like you mentioned, you know, when they had Kenny Bell go out there and he threw a pass from 35 yards and it hit the goalpost. I was expecting some sort of goofy way to keep it fun and exciting um, or just something to engage the fans. It didn't really happen. They truly just played football. It was a different form of football, but there was nothing too outside of the box that they did during the spring game. This was a lot easier to come up with. Things Kevin doesn't know. By the way, are you going to do your things that you know and don't know? No, this is just you. Oh, wow. I thought we were going to, like, see what – compare okay. notes here. I'll come off the top I'll – gi- I'll give you a couple off the top of my head. Okay, let's stick quick. this graphic down real quick. Okay. I, so one, one, Garrett's not – or, uh, sorry, uh, Garrett Nelson. Nelson. He looks good. Yeah. He looks like he's, I mean, I don't know. You're going against an offensive line. You've played with all spring and played against, you know, your entire career. But he looks like he's packaged a couple more pass rush moves. Um, I mean, it looks like he's a contestant to replace Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Uh, He looks good. I was very impressed by him. Things I know will steal your number one. It is Despite whatever Coach Frost wants you to think when he's at the podium, it is so clear and obvious that Casey Thompson is your number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing I know, Nebraska might have a punter. Oh, good one. Brian Buschini kicked the you-know-what out of the ball a few times. Granted, it was yards. a little wind-aided at times, uh, but nothing really went off the side of his foot. Even when he's putting into the wind, it was half-decent. I still can't decipher if the applause after Buscini's 63-yard punt, which was a touchback, by the way, if that was sarcastic or not. Was it like a welcome to Nebraska applause? Like, we are so glad you chose. He was the FCS punter of the year. Like, a so glad you're here and we love you and you're going to help us next probably year. probably a little bit of both. Or was it, uh, <laughs> hey, it didn't go 14 yards and out of bounds kind of clap. I don't know. Uh, but you're, that's a good point, Bill. I like that one. He's the FCS punter of the year. He played at Montana. You know, I went to Montana my freshman year. In Missoula, Montana, they love their football. It's, it's not to the extent of Lincoln, Nebraska, but, I mean, they'll put thirty to 40,000 seats in a thirty to 40,000-seat stadium. Uh, so there's pressure there. He's been in pressure situations. He's been in the FCS playoffs. Um, but punting is punting, too. And punting is punting. So, so I, we don't mean to minimize punting, uh, but just from a, a – like how you do it. And I, and I just mean, like, if, is it going to be different when he's inside the stress of 90,000 at Memorial Stadium? I don't get that vibe. I, I mean, I really do. I think Nebraska might have found a punter combined with, with Bill Bush. You know, I think special teams, hopefully. I mean, I said this last August. They can't get any worse. And then they got worse. I just don't envision that they're going to be any worse than last year. But it's not like he is a running back that is used to running outside the hashes and now they're trying to make him run between the tackles that's what i mean by punting is punting catch the snap drop it and boot it as far as you can 
or situationally or situation. pin somebody yeah. in the yeah. in, 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 within the ten. Okay. You try to avoid this. I'm not going to let you. Things Kevin does not know. There's a lot. What the Whipple Frost offense will actually look like. And this was admitted by Coach Frost. They did not run the new offense. We have no idea what this offense looks, is going to look like. So we do not know that. I do not know what this offense will look like. I think the run game. And did you notice on Saturday in the spring game, there were a few missed exchanges between the quarterback and running back. Because they're plays they haven't really ran. They were plays they have ran last year but haven't done in practice this spring because they are putting in a new offense that doesn't do zone read. And those or missed they, exchanges were people by, didn't play here last year. And if they, if they do run some of that, I think it's been tweaked a little bit. So uh, there's more evidence to believe that – this offense is going to transition, and it's not just going to be minor. I get the sense that there are going to be some pretty uh, noticeable fundamental changes in the way Nebraska plays offense. Well, and one thing we do know is they're, they're going to go under center more often than right. shotgun. We've, we've learned that uh, throughout the spring. Another thing, whether or not the offensive line has truly improved. And again, two of your starting five are out with injuries right now. Mm-hmm. Teddy Prohaska, Turner Corcoran, uh, both very active all throughout the spring, did not play in the spring game. Um, so with them on the field, it could also affect where some of those linemen are going to play and line up because they've been cross-trained this spring, so they could slide from guard to center or guard to tackle, tackle to guard, whatever it might be. I think the only guaranteed, what I would call a guaranteed starter that we saw at the spring game is Newilly. Nuri uh, at yeah. left guard. I think that's a safe play. I just don't know oh. what other position is solidified. Trent Hickson, I think, could be their starting center. We don't know that for sure. Uh, but again, coach, that, said, he had a, coach I, said he had a good. Uh, I don't. I don't know what that offensive line is going to look like. I don't know if it's gotten better. That's been a consistent message throughout the spring. But again, Coach Frost thinks it's. I mean. Coach Frost thinks it's gotten better. Right, but we're just going solely off of his words, and, and I don't know. Right. I haven't don't seen know. it because we didn't see it. the one opportunity we had to watch with the top guys on the line on the field at the spring game, they weren't going completely full speed. Yeah, do you like the, They weren't necessarily playing patty cake in the trenches, but I don't get the idea they were going a hundred percent at each other. No, not a not a no way, no way. So I, I don't know what the offense is. It's just so hard. Watch. It's just so hard to, to take anything and away I, except, like, the very obvious things. I will say this. I don't suspect that we will get another opportunity to watch this team play football until Dublin. I really don't think so. I think that uh, fall camp is going to be closed. They don't want people looking at the offense. They don't want people evaluating the players. They're going to be pretty tight on everything. And why would they? If they didn't in the spring, why would they do that? I think everybody watching and listening this right now, Bill, would probably nod in agreement. Like, yeah, if I was the coaching staff, I would do this. Frustrating as a fan. You want to see what it looks like, but you also understand from the coaching perspective. Absolutely. Here's our last thing. And, gosh, this is just hard to figure out which way is left, right, up, down. How long will Thomas Fedoni's injury keep him out of the lineup? Is he out summer conditioning? Is he out fall camp? Is he, is he going to miss playing time, significant playing time for the second year in a row? We don't know the situation with Thomas Fedoni's injury. Um, we've heard things, and we've asked Scott Frost about Thomas Fedoni. He has been, uh, I don't want to say pressed on the issue, because obviously if he's not going to say, he's not going to say. 
but there have been multiple opportunities for Scott Frost to um, acknowledge Thomas Fedoni's injury and also shed a little bit of light, which would help understand a timeline. In every opportunity, there's been a deflection. And Doesn't a, that make you think it's it, it leans on the severe side? Absolutely. If he... If it seems like there's a way where Thomas Fedoni is only out a couple of weeks or a month. You say that. I, I think that there's a more likelihood that that message is relayed to the reporters and the fan base, but that has not happened. So that's where I think there's a, a, a sense of concern regarding Thomas Fedoni. Obviously, he missed nearly all of last year with a torn ACL. Uh, it sounds like this is a knee injury also. And, man, you just – he was one of the best – guys that they landed in the recruiting class two years ago and uh, a five-star prospect for excuse me a four-star prospect though. yeah it, one best of the, best tight end in the country best tight end recruit in the country yeah and a guy that you know think of when the day he committed to nebraska and put on the hat at his announcement like it, there was just such a, a swell of support and excitement from the fan base not only because you know he's one of a, the better players in the country in that recruiting cycle but He's a guy right across the river in Council Bluffs. Let's expand on that just a little bit. We'll, I want to get to, we'll wrap this up here in about five minutes or so, and I want to get to softball and baseball for a couple minutes. Uh, but the tight end group in general. Coach Frost said there's always, there's always a position group every spring. I don't know if I've seen a position group quite like this where arguably your top four, Travis Vokalek, Thomas Fedoni, Chris Hickman, Chancellor Brewington, all out with injuries in the spring. Yeah, and James Carney got nicked up in the spring game as well. So it's like... I mean, I liked what we saw from A.J. Rollins. Oh, but like, of the spring game, I would say the two best players that we saw play in the spring game, A.J. Rollins and Garrett Nelson. Rollins made a couple of fantastic catches. Good hands. Yeah, including a caught a really difficult pass from Chubba Purdy. Uh, that was contested with double coverage and made a fantastic catch out of it. Seems like a deep room, but if Fedoni is out, I mean, is that a position you look at at adding to? And I, I like the fact that you mentioned Chancellor Brewington's name because anytime he King came the on the out. yeah, when he came on the field and it was you know third and two or Nebraska's on the goal line, you knew what was coming. It's like and he it goes every he time. goes in the huddle, and I don't even even know that they need to speak the play call. Everyone knew what was coming. He was coming in motion, and he was just going to knock the snot out of one of the defenders, and it would open up a hole for the Huskers to run in for a touchdown. And uh, he excelled yes. at that job. All right, let's get a, a little uh, baseball-softball talk here because these are two squads in the diamond going in opposite directions, Kevin. Uh, let's start with the positive. Softball has now won 13 in a row, 28-9, 8-0 in Big Ten play. Just swept Michigan State, swept Rutgers, and I want to talk about Billy Andrews. 17 home runs. That's second in the country. 515 on base percentage. Just do the math. I mean, she's getting on base more than half the time. Uh, and her 38 RBIs, those two stats are number one in the Big Ten. You know what makes it really impressive for Billy Andrews is because those numbers are so gaudy, Bill, she is now starting to get walked a lot. So her opportunity to put the ball in play your OBP comes is, is decreasing, but she is still being very, very productive. This is a team that uh, I don't know that many fans thought that they were going to be in the Big Ten championship conversation this year. Uh, they're still fairly young. Billy Andrews is just a sophomore. Uh, but my, oh, my, they have 
gotten red hot here. I'm, I'm pulling up the Big Ten standings at the moment right now. The Huskers are the only team that's undefeated in conference play at 8-0. Northwestern is behind at 8-1. Uh, but overall, the overall win total of all the teams in the conference, Nebraska has 28, and that leads the entire league. They're playing well. They are. I mean, it's been a long time since we talked Nebraska softball and, and you know women's college World Series down in Oklahoma. I think the last time they they went Oklahoma uh, more might have gotten hit by a big tornado at the time. Um, but that's not out of the realm of possibilities. This is a team to fo team to pay attention to. Yeah, they have a doubleheader against Iowa uh, on Iowa's Tuesday. Iowa's at the bottom of the Big Ten. Yeah. So the good thing here is Nebraska is hot and they're coming home. They have the 13-game winning streak. They have two against Iowa on Tuesday, and then they're home uh, over Easter weekend with a three-game series against Minnesota. Then they travel to Wisconsin and Ohio State back-to-back -back weekend. So if you want to watch a Husker team succeed and you want to follow a winner right now, go right over to Boland Stadium, and uh, Rhonda Ravel's got, it, got her team locked in right now. Baseball, they've lost four in a row. Uh, last, last week we talked about you know things going on on an upwards trajectory. They had just swept Ohio State. Uh, well, they just got swept by Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers is number one in the Big Ten. Rutgers swept Nebraska last year also. Uh, but on Sunday, this was another Sunday shelling. 19-1, to Kevin. Was the Corpus Christi game where Nebraska got beat by... Was the, it was the, it was was the, that Sunday also? It was the go-away game, yeah. That was 21-4, to is that right? Something like that. And this one was 19-1. to That was... What did I read? The most lopsided home defeat, 18 runs. Lopsided home defeat since maybe 1992. I mean, we don't, we don't need to beat the dead horse again because we've talked on the podcast before, Bill, about how surprising uh, this, is, this has been this year. Willful. And it's not just it's pitching, it's hitting, and it's defense. They're not really doing anything well right now. It's very puzzling. Nebraska is... Uh, six games under 500 at the moment. 12 and 18, 4 and 5 in the Big Ten. This is the furthest they've been below 500 in nearly a decade. So there, there is concerns. And, uh, man, you know, on the social media platforms, Nebraska baseball always posts the scores throughout the game. And then, of course, they have a graphic at the end that says the final score. Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. Like, last I checked from Sundays, there was like 117 responses. Uh, I didn't go through them. But I'm guessing it's maybe 117 negative responses. And fan support hasn't really died off. You know, I was at Hawks Field on Saturday for the game. I apologize to anybody who was around us because my toddler was having a meltdown for about three straight innings. But, I mean. Were other people? Four, four other people are having thousand. meltdowns too, right? Yeah. This is frustrating. <laughs> the Oscar baseball team was having a meltdown. I mean, there was a stretch of like four or five innings where they, just, they didn't get a person on base. There wasn't a hit. Uh, and that happened to be uh, the same time period. But, you know, it was still lively. There were still so many people there. I mean, the stands were mostly full. The berm was mostly full. But, again, maybe that's, that's – we go back to, uh, you know, the spring game. Sometimes Husker fans are just looking for something to do on a Saturday. Yeah. What's making this tough is the struggles earlier in the season, it was it's a long season, let's wait, let's be patient, wait till Big Ten play. And now – now you're midway through the season, past midway through the season, and it's not showing much improvement. So I've got a couple of last baseball thoughts here um, before we wrap this up, Bill. But one is 
that the, the patience has worn thin for this season, not overall for Will Bolt, though some no. people may disagree with that. Um, but there's six games under 500, and it's, and it's at that point that it needs to get better now. Rutgers is good. Don't, don't fool yourself Might have on the best that. pitcher and the best hitter in the big team. Yeah, they are salty. That's a team that could m- maybe make a run in the postseason. And if you want to watch them again, because if you like baseball, watch that. They are. They're good. They'll be in Omaha for the Big Ten tournament uh, at the end of May. And then the other thought, uh, baseball-wise, Bill, is uh, that I just completely lost my thought. I had two of them, and I, I I'll promise sidetrack you. Two. They're four and five in the Big Ten. They don't get a chance to improve on that record until next 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 weekend because okay. they got Creighton on Tuesday, and then a four gamer against BYU. And, and that thank because Creighton brought it back to my to my mind. The other you can somehow save face here by maybe winning the in-state series. Well, you can't win the in-state against Omaha. You can only tie but, it. But you, you could go two and two. Losing to Omaha at home at the end of the month, especially the way the game last week ended with the chirping between Colby Gomez and the Omaha catcher, uh, going one and three against Omaha, that's going to hurt. And if you can somehow, you've already lost game one to Creighton. If you can win the next two against the, the Blue Jays, if you win the Creighton series for the season and you split with Omaha, that's the best you could do right now in-state-wise. Maybe there's some sort of massaging of the pain of this season that could take place. Uh, I don't know that fans will do that, but if, if you're trying to send a message to your guys, well, we still could accomplish this, that's one of the things I think you would maybe put in front of them is, let's go take the series from Creighton and let's make sure we get that game against Omaha at the end of the Big month. Ten tournament champion get a guaranteed spot? Yes, automatic bid. You got to get into the tournament, Bill. The Big Ten tournament does not take everybody. It's in Omaha. You missed that. Top eight, right? Top eight gets in. That'd be tough. That would be. Well, we'll end it on that. (laughs) Started (laughs) sour, ended sour. Way to go. For Kevin Suits, I'm Bill Shamert. Thank you have uh, thank you for listening to the End Report podcast. Uh, if you get a chance, please rate five star star. Uh, I can't even talk. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> See you next week. You've been listening to the End Report podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.